Maybe we could do that every for the seasons. We could have different decorations. Hot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we have a skeleton. We should make. Yeah, we should Christmas it up in here soon. I think we should. But, uh, it's a whole new podcast. God. We're off the couch. Off the couch, under the chair. We got chairs. Uh, Wayfair can't say enough good things. I mean, wow. Yeah. Got all Wayfair. this shit on Wayfair. Got this. This was like, you know, it was all pretty reasonably priced, I think. And um, will it hold? I don't know. That is the question. Now, do you remember during the pandemic when people online accused Wayfair of selling children? <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, okay. It was a weird time for everyone. And so, yeah, I mean, you're selling, listen, you're selling mid-century modern furniture yeah. that is durable, looks nice at a cheap and effective price. A couple kids are going to get in the mix. <laughs> a couple kids well, are going to get... I mean, yeah. I mean, during the pandemic, business was down. They had to find a way to make money. And they decided to get into child trafficking. This is down. Can't Every, fault them for that. You can't fault them for that. Every, it was a hard time. People took the drastic measures. You're locked in. I mean, they probably had kids in the warehouse. They got mixed in with the boxes. <laughs> they didn't want them outside getting COVID, so they got mixed <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, it's with like the, Captain Crunch when they, they ship kids? all berries. Wait, so did, they, did, they, kids. did uh, they ship kids to people's homes? Well, or did they, they didn't do any of this. This is all... This well, is when people were on the just on the brink of losing their minds, and they had too much time on their hands. And they go, "Wait, they're selling children." Yeah, I don't think I don't think it was proven to be true. Uh, it was just a nasty internet rumor. Mm. The internet pr- um, produces some of the nastiest rumors out there. <laughs> it certainly does. You yeah. know, I remember being in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and I thought that was a, a rumor mill, <laughs> middle middle school. Uh, but that was before I, I got on the internet. And wow, that's kind of just uh, a forever middle school. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That is the best way to describe the internet. Yeah. Forever middle school, just right, just base. Basically, just one. There's always like one guy in middle school who would just lie, right? Makes shit up, and people would believe him. That's the entire internet. Is that one internet. guy? Yeah. So the accusation was that Wayfair was. Did you say selling children? Yes, they were selling children, disguised as furniture. furniture. <laughs> So well, I pity the guy sense. that wanted to order a nice table and he got some kid it named Jose. <laughs> so he says, hello? <laughs> You're not a mid-century modern yellow plush chair. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to mix up kids with chairs. They got four limbs. Yeah, there are a lot of similarities. Think there's anybody out there just sitting on a kid and thinks it's a chair. <laughs> Didn't really look into it. Yeah, probably. Well, I'm, at the, I'm, ca- I'm, the Catholic Church. I'm sad to hear that Wayfair had it, its name besmirched. During, yeah, during fine quality company like Wayfair. Wayfair never did anything wrong. Had its name besmirched during the pandemic when they're already struggling, you know, probably enough as it is. Um, now, Trent, I've got a few stories. Let me tell you what we're going to run through today. Like Let's I said, hear it. I'd love to hear it. So we are going to get into a few things. One, uh, villagers in Iceland are preparing for a volcanic eruption, and we'll we'll get into oh, that. No, I'm glad that we don't live near any volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> we just live next to the ocean in a city that's sinking into the ground, <laughs> plagued by wildfire smoke from Canada. Yeah, and is the number one target uh, for, for a, a terrorist attack. For a terrorist attack. And we're also going to get into a, uh, we're not really going to get, this is just a, sort of a quick one. Hmm. Uh, Nepal, um, the country of Nepal. Yes, I'm familiar. Friend of the show. Welcome, Welcome anytime. Time, made a decision 
um, that many other countries are have been have been grappling with, um, and they did it and made it look incredibly easy. And I don't want to reveal what that decision is. Mm. Um, we're also going to talk about. <laughs> pet psychics wow yeah so we know someone who's used a pet psychic not to be named oh really um yeah and but that's a, it's a huge trend and people are paying a lot of money to communicate with their dogs sure. we're also going to hear from our well, friends at salt and pepper again. oh boy it's been a while since we had a visit from salt and pepper and pepper and salt pepper and salt yeah that's excuse me that'll never happen <laughs> again. you just had that upside down uh, yeah i had it upside down <laughs> so red salt and pepper yeah, we're going to hear from uh, Pepper and Salt. Now, what do you got for us, Drew? Well, Joe, Marvel at the cinema. Are, are people tired of it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. It sounds like, can you imagine if it was like, nope, they're not. <laughs> the fluff piece for tomorrow. People still love it. <laughs> and or- Oregonians, or Oregonians, I believe it's Oregonians. Mm-hmm. Or they, they, people in or- from Oregon. 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 I say Oregon. Iron Man. Uh, people from Oregon, they decriminalized drugs that may have backfired. <laughs> and, 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 uh, Who'd have thought? And our Oreos skipping on the cream. Thank you! And our final story. <laughs> our final story. Stick around for that. You will not want to tune out early for this one. I've noticed that. I had a box of double stuffs when I was home with the family recently, mm-hmm. with uh, my brothers and everything, and we're you know we're on a little vacation, we're ripping open, and and I'm like, this is this looks like a single stuff. Ah, it's a major scandal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those fucking sons of bitches. Yeah, so stay tuned. Well, this is from the young to kick us off here. This is from the Wall Street Journal, Trent. Okay. Uh, villagers in Iceland prepare for a volcanic eruption. Wow. Residents of an Icelandic fishing town under threat from a volcanic eruption were allowed back into their homes quickly to quick click sorry to quickly collect pets and valuables as trimmers continued to rock a peninsula jutting into the North Atlantic, reviving memories of the twenty ten eruption oh man of the Asia, Asia We're all familiar with the twenty ten eruption. I can do it. <laughs> Age of Aja Fajala Jakol Volcano. Oh, sure. And the disruption it caused the global aviation industry. Oh. Grindavik's 3,400 people were evacuated Saturday after seismologists detected a nine-mile-long underground corridor of uh, semi-molten rock moving beneath the town toward nearby, Jesus Christ, Fajralskalvjal Volcano. Sure. About 30 miles southwest of the capital city. They're Reykjavik. Reykjavik. It is Reykjavik. Yes, I know. By midday Monday, 30,000 earthquakes had been recorded over the last three weeks, and the aviation alert was raised to orange to indicate heightened risk of an eruption. In the most disruptive cases, volcanoes can send tons of ash high into the atmosphere where it can cause jet engines to fail and hinder navigation. Wow. In 2010, uh, 100,000 transatlantic flights were canceled over a week because of the eruption, costing the industry roughly $2 billion. Um, they Good say God. that's the most disruptive thing that could happen with a volcano, besides your town getting destroyed and, and you die. <laughs> yeah. They seem to be mostly concerned about the airline industries in this, in this article. Well, sure. It is the Wall Won't Street someone journal. think of the airline industries? <laughs> For once. They've struggled so far, so long. The airline industry. That's interesting. 
that that I never even considered volcanic ash or smoke. To, yeah, you can't to, fly through it. It's a it's a mess. That that and geese do things you got to stay clear of in an airplane. Yeah, you wouldn't want to hit a goose. You end up like Sully Sullenberger. That's what happened when he landed in the Hudson. He really? hit a bunch of geese. And they fucked it all up. They, they fucked they, everything they up. They fucked it all up, and you had to land in the Hudson damn River. Geese. <laughs> damn geese. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, really? No, I didn't know why he did that. I thought that he... No, nah, he didn't do it for fun. It was those damn geese. <laughs> well, I just thought he was a bad pilot, but then he saved it, so everyone's like, he's a hero. No, but no. But no, he was a good guy. Great guy, friend of the show. Welcome anytime, Captain, Captain Sully. Sully Sullenberger. Sully Sullenberger. <laughs> Solemn Sully's. How many Sully's can you squeak into one name? <laughs> Maniac. Scientists said a repeat of the, as for mentioned, previous volcano style yeah. eruption is unlikely, and the lava would probably ooze to the surface unless there is an undersea eruption that could cause superheated steam to send ash and other debris into a larger blast. Quote, first of all, there isn't an ice cap on top, and it's not a stratovolcano, so it wouldn't be an explosive blast of volcanic ash in the atmosphere. Matthew Roberts, the managing director of research at Iceland's meteorological office, told the BBC, quote, this would be a lava-producing volcanic eruption along a series of fissures that would be the main hazard. Uh, this and well, that is of little comfort to the inhabitants of sure. Grindavik. <laughs> yeah. However, some of whom fear their town would be cut off or destroyed by tons of slow-moving lava. <laughs> but the airlines are <laughs> will fly right over that, <laughs> so it should be no problem <laughs> for any of the transatlantic airlines. Wow. Yeah, Iceland lies between Eurasia and North America and tectonic plates, mm-hmm. which are slowly pulling apart. Making yeah. the region a hotbed of seismic activity. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. So the good news is, if you're planning to fly to Europe, if you're planning to fly across the ocean, <laughs> it's going to be clear it's skies, okay. And the captain's going to come on the intercom and says, if you look to your left, you'll see the town of Glandavik, completely covered in molten lava. Wave <laughs> <laughs> do you see them flee. Yeah. <laughs> look at them run. Look at them run. Wow. Yeah. It's like Pompeii. Yeah, Pompeii. Which, by the way, Pompeii, mm. famous volcano, maybe the most famous volcanic eruption of all For time. For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> Until this. Yeah, that is true. That can, that can always be outdone. Yeah. Right? When you think you're the coolest, yeah. someone else comes around. They think you have that covered, Pompeii, the citizens of Pompeii. Right. So we've, we, this, this will never be topped. <laughs> no. So. Don't count your chickens just yet. <laughs> your chicken just said they might be covered in a new molten mash <laughs> now we all knew and have seen the pictures of the people in pompeii frozen yeah things the, like that the, the man ash, jacking off and the guy jacking off whatever it is and the yeah. people cowering together and uh there was no updates about the pompeii eruption mm. for about two thousand years yes i think we had the story but in 2017 um <laughs> an article came out and when they realized they did some DNA testing of the two people cowering, which they had thought was a man and wife yeah. cow- cowering together. Yeah. And they realized that it was actually two men cowering together in this room. Uh, they, they weren't like fully embraced. They were kind of like half embracing or whatever. Yeah. Um, now, and then an article came out speculating, were they gay lovers? <laughs> in 2017, wow. that this article says, well, they may have been gay lovers yeah could you imagine dying in a volcano 
You're there with your best friend Chuck, right? You go, oh my God, Chuck, this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is it. They yeah. cover it. The, You're trying to the save windows each blow other. open yeah. and fucking hot ash flies in, and you come yeah. cower together, and you get stuck there forever. And then two thousand years later, they go, these guys are kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's why I always keep an open seat and when I go to the movies with somebody. Yeah, and same when I get on a flight. Because yeah. should the flight go down and they find the remains, I don't want them to think that I was with my gay lover. <laughs> so I try to, I'll ask a guy, I'll, if it's if I'm in the window, he's in the middle seat, I'll say, hey, can you scoot over one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I have them put on a wig. So <laughs> <laughs> You'd hate to die in a, in a way that might look gay. Yeah, that would, that's years. my worst nightmare. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. No, no. Oh. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay. No, nothing wrong with it. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, Joe, you you and I were both fans of the cinema. Oh, the, the movie theater. Yeah, I love films. Love films. Filmically speaking, bit of a cinephile. We were both bit of a bit cinephiles. <laughs> Registered. Yes. This <laughs> registered cinephiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, this from the Wall Street Journal, Joe. Oh. Headline Marvel's bomb won't blow up Hollywood's formula. Interesting. Okay. The Marvels. That's the name of the film. Right. The Marvels. <laughs> yeah. About Miss Marvel and. <laughs> the famous Miss Marvel. <laughs> and two other ladies. <laughs> Two other ladies. I think they're all Miss Marvels. Uh, it's all beyond me. It's all part of the well, you're MCU. Not what if I told you almost no one knows? <laughs> <laughs> no one knows for sure. Yeah. Wanted by Hollywood. World famous. World famous. I'm sorry. I didn't read that correctly. I didn't. I was. I was. Go for it. Wanted by Hollywood. <laughs> okay, I got it. World famous intellectual property that no one is yet thought to make into a movie, or nearly three dozen movies for that matter. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney's Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're all familiar, has been the most successful movie franchise in history, grossing nearly oh 30 billion globally over 33 oh. films to date. But this past weekend provided the latest sign that the lucrative stable of superheroes is in need of some rescuing. The Marvels grossed $47 million (laughs) for its domestic box office debut. I'm just going to do sound effects in the background. That's great. (laughs) That's a record low. Yeah, that stinks for the franchise. A bunch and a of it's major, probably two hundred million. Yeah, and a major disappointment even against other recent Marvel movies that showed signs of strain. The nine other Marvel movies that opened since the pandemic closed movie theaters in twenty twenty averaged a, a domestic opening weekend of about one hundred thirty six million, according to data from Box Office Mojo. <laughs> Our trusted friends at box office mojo <laughs> marvel's problems are the movie industry's problems with the exception of during the pandemic shuttered year of 2020 disney released a la- at least three marvel movies a year since 2016 with the combined box office of those movies averaging 17 percent of each year's total domestic box office according wow. to data from industry tracking numbers uh so 
they've they've the Marvel they're they're losing their mojo. They're losing their mojo, their box office mojo. They've lost it. But remember when movies in the honestly, not that long ago, movies cost oh five million dollars to make. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Now every movie costs uh, uh, half a billion dollars. There's no reason for that. Yeah, I mean, they said Killers of the Flower Moon cost $200 million to make, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah. Besides, is it just to pay Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro? Because besides the old cars, you could build that town for nothing, probably. Yeah. Where do they find a way to spend that money? (laughs) I don't know. It should be looked into. It should be looked into. Uh, because there's no way movies should cost more to make now than uh, 100 years ago. Because it's all digital. It's, uh, it's right, not, right. It's not, it, it, was, it used to be all film. Reels and reels, miles of film. Now, now it's on a, all on a fucking flash drive. It's, there's no way it should, things should be more expensive. I know. You have to hire six animators. <laughs> and pay him each, uh, pay him each a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, there's your movie. Yeah, and exactly. And then every movie costs five hundred million dollars to make, and then it's an uh, you have to make a billion dollars to break even with with, yeah, with promoting yeah, it and right. stuff. It's uh, it's really kind of a it doesn't make sense. You think it would cost way more back in the day? They had yeah. all the film, all the reels. They had to like take a fucking train and put everybody on it to yeah. get out to the place and <laughs> yeah. like put everybody up and like you know it was just like a huge racket yeah you know they barely even knew what they were doing right and they had to pay a pay a guy to do this yeah for hours upon yeah. end but you know all the movie stores probably made like 22 grand right <laughs> yeah then. yeah and now they're like you know i need to make 50 million dollars for this movie yeah well uh, if you ask me joe something doesn't add up in hollywood i agree marvel is hardly the only established once bankable movie property looking tapped out paramount's latest mission impossible sequel released in july generated the worst global box office in that franchise's history once adjusted for inflation it's almost like the 16th installment in something isn't interesting (laughs) well (laughs) who'd have guessed (laughs) (laughs) yeah See, so that's we're scratching our heads we just can't we just can't figure it out <laughs> that's kind of what their this article is about maybe people are taught maybe they want original we uh, crave novelty uh, yeah it's, it seems to be a problematic trend for an industry still trying to find its footing after the pandemic but this year also has shown that moviegoers are willing to turn out in droves especially for something new absolutely barbie the Super Mario Bros. movie. It's so funny that it's a, that something new, and it's just it's just two things that are like the least risk. Yeah, it's like yet around new for movies. 50 years. Yeah, it's like the most yeah fifty years of brand trust. The most popular toy and the most popular video game of all time. People want something new. So it's something new and original. But also Oppenheimer. Those are the top three highest grossing movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Um. The first, Barbie and, and Super Mario Brothers, they <laughs> crossed the one million mark globally while Oppenheimer got close. But they made this- 12 Oppenheimers. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Rocky. Where, where like the first movie is like realistic, and then the next three years he's like a superhero. Yeah, and then they do the Oppenheimers. It's a multi-dimensional <laughs> Miss Oppenheimer. Well, I'm waiting for a female Oppenheimer, but yeah. that's just me. Repeating those <laughs> recent success stories will prove tricky. Though, this year's billion-dollar hits don't really fit the standard definition of new intellectual property. The 64-year-old Barbie line is one of the most popular toy brands in history, while the Mario character anchored many of the video game industry's best-selling titles since his first appearance in 1981. Hell, even Dr. Oppenheimer had a fair amount of brand recognition ahead of his box office debut. (laughs) Jesus Christ. This is great for Dr. Robert Oppenheimer's <laughs> brand. Do you think his brand team was just overjoyed when they <laughs> when they agreed to the movie? We are going to sell our lot of t-shirts. We would love to take a call. <laughs> it has just been crickets here since 1964. <laughs> I mean, since he quoted the Gahavishi or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It has been nothing over here. Wow, so people crave novelty. This is actually a great thing. It might be bad for Hollywood right now, but I remember in 2012 when they were basically like, "We're not doing any original ideas anymore. We're gonna make, we're gonna make every superhero IP you've ever heard of. We're gonna do right. only sequels. Yeah, only sequels from now on. Like they like came out like the big industries were like just sequels. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's now it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. But now they've got new movies, Let's, new ideas wow. to make sequels about. <laughs> that will only be directed by, by the people who did yeah. <laughs> you know, the Marvel movies. I'm sure there'll be a Bar- Bar- Barbie 2, Super Mario Brothers. Super oh, Mario yeah. Brothers. The Nintendo, this is the last paragraph. Nintendo, uh, they're making a... They've cut, they, they said, hey, the Super Mario movies did great. <laughs> They're making Zelda. They're Legend making Zelda. Zelda. Can you a believe live it? Live action Zelda. This is something I've wanted since I was eight years old. Yeah. It's my absolute favorite game of all time. You know me. I'm a big Zelda file. Oh, you're a huge Zelda head. <laughs> I'm a big Zelda head. Yeah. I'm a Zelda. I'm a Zelda. And uh, a Zeldaman. Wanted it my entire life yeah. and couldn't be more worried. Because I know that I'm, we've talked about this. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to go to see it, and I'm going to stand up and throw my 44-ounce Sprite at the screen in a theater full of children and go, this is absolute bullshit! 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 And throw my Sprite in my popcorn walkout. There's yeah. going to be crying Ganondorf kids. wouldn't do that. Bullshit. Ganondorf's a Middle Easterner. <laughs> he screamed at the, at yeah. the, at the no, screen. No, but I can't wait. I'm sure it'll be, his link will be played by Timothy Chalamet, and it'll mm-hmm. be a huge hit. All Live the, action is surprising, actually. I thought they were going to do animated like Mario. They could do both. They could do both, but right they're going to do... Mr. Nintendo and tell him we weren't both. Miyamoto. <laughs> Live action. Well, they got the guy from who directed Maze Runner directing it, and I don't know what oh, that is. Oh, the classic Maze Runner. <laughs> He's also franchise. directing Planet of the Apes Kingdom. Really, I haven't seen any of the new Planet of the Apes. I saw one like ten years ago. It wasn't bad. I like the the first one, the original. Mm. God damn you! I just love original movies. Yep. Well, Trent, that's exciting about the movie industry. It's also it's too bad about right now people are getting media in all over different ways maybe that's factoring into it too because people are mostly just sitting home watching tiktok all day yes yes now some countries have decided to put the foot down once Ooh, and for all on TikTok. tiktok and this is from the wall street journal wow and this is uh, uh nepal dateline nepal 
Social harmony cited in TikTok ban. Oh. Nepal's government decided to ban the popular social media app TikTok on Monday, saying it was disrupting, quote, social harmony wow. in the country. Yeah, let's give it up for Nepal for, uh, yeah, putting the foot down. Absolute heroes. The announcement was made following a cabinet meeting. Foreign Minister Narayan Prakash Saud said the app would be banned immediately. Wow. Quote, the government has decided to ban TikTok as it was necessary to regulate the use of social media platform that was disrupting social harmony, goodwill, and flow of indecent materials. He said said that to make social media platforms accountable, the government has asked companies to register and open a liaison office in Nepal, pay taxes, abide by the country's laws and regulations. The company, that being TikTok, did not respond to an email seeking comment. Goodbye, TikTok. I'm moving to Nepal. Wow. Take it off my phone. Put That's, me in the fucking mountains. I want yeah. peace. Those people know what they're doing. They're up in the mountains. It's like the it's like the epicenter of Buddhism. Yeah. They go, this is flies in the face of Very our entire zen. country's ethos. You got to get this shit out of here. Wait, exactly. Our bodega guy, Sid, friend, friend of the, the show, show, welcome, welcome anytime. anytime. I go in there. And he's like, he's like, he's like the Buddha. He's Every, Buddha. Everybody's talking to him. They're all telling him his problems. He just absorbs it. And he's, I go, I, I, I don't yeah. have a therapist, as yeah. you know. I think it's kind of not really for men. But I went in there, <laughs> and, and I go in there. I'm buying a fucking the can of silly string cheese, and and I just find myself opening up to sit all the time. Yeah. I go, well, I get you know. Uh, my jobs is bringing me down. Yeah, and I got, you know, my boss is on my ass, and my cock keeps getting smaller and everything. <laughs> yeah. I tell them all my problems. Yeah. Everybody does. Everybody does. I go in there now. I don't open up to anybody. You know that about me. Uh, yeah, I know about uh, that about you. Yeah. Uh, but I do watch other people open up, and it's every day somebody's telling them his new problems, and he's always got a smile on his face. He's never, I've never seen him upset, and I couldn't imagine seeing him. He's upset. always listening. You he's know? always listening. And you and know, the Buddha's. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, the Buddha's name. Real name, Siddhartha. <laughs> That's true. I never thought about that. Yeah, he might be. Wow, he could be. The Buddha incarnate. If you're looking for Buddha. He's right around the corner. He's from right us. around the corner. Go to Sunnyside, New York. Wow. That's wild. But good for Nepal. Good I hope, for Nepal. I hope every country follows their lead. It's a nightmare. TikTok, it Shut stinks. it down. Shut it down. I'm sorry to all the Matt Rife fans. You'll have to find him on Instagram. <laughs> You'll have to find him somewhere else. Go uh, see a live show. It's only $150 a ticket. <laughs> Doesn't pay his openers. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story for another time. Another time. Uh, well, I wonder, are drugs legal in Nepal? Probably not. I, I don't think they like anything disrupting no. the social harmony. But they are legal. Well, not legal. They're decriminalized in Oregon. Oregon. The liberal hellscape but of that, America. But people are... <laughs> well, just kidding. it kind of does sound like that. Uh, people are rethinking <laughs> their, their decriminalizing drugs. It could have backfired on them. Oh, wow. Not, not exactly a popular choice, according to this article in the Wall Street Journal. Headline, Oregonians rethink decriminalizing drugs. In Eugene, Oregon, soon after Oregon... Eugene. Soon after Oregon became the first state... To decriminalize all drugs, Officer Jose Alvarez stopped arresting people for possession and began giving out tickets with a number for a rehab helpline. Yeah, I'm sure they fucking held on to that. Most of the people smoking fentanyl or meth on on the city streets 
balled them up and tossed them onto the ground. <laughs> uh, nearly three years into an experiment that proponents hoped would spark a, na- a nationwide relaxation of drug laws, many in Oregon have turned against the decriminalization, decriminalization initiative known as Measure 110, which passed with 58% support in 2020. It's pretty good. It's pretty good support. That's uh, oh, 2020. That recently. That's okay. over half. And so they decriminalized what? Everything? Just all drugs. All drugs. Decriminalized. Wow. Okay. But people are sprawled out on sidewalks and using fentanyl <laughs> with no fear of consequence. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they have become a site, a common site in cities such as Eugene and Portland. Business owners and local leaders are upset. But so are liberal voters who hope decriminalization would lead to more people getting help. In reality, few drug users are taking advantage of state-funded rehabilitation programs. Ah. Change appears likely. A coalition of city officials, police chiefs, and district attorneys recently called on the state legislature to recriminalize hard drugs, a measure to do... A measure to do so is in the works for next year's ballot. A recent poll found the majority of Oregonians support the idea. <laughs> wow. What a, that's actually kind of a dramatic shift. A dramatic I mean, in, in three years. Wow. And people have been saying this forever because, you know, obviously we're big fans of the war on drugs in this show. Yeah. But <laughs> Nancy Reagan for another show. The throat goat. The throat goat. Welcome She's welcome anytime. anytime. <laughs> Sweet, sweet Nancy. Uh, but no, but people, it seems to be a, a clearly a complicated issue because obviously locking up somebody for doing cocaine for 12 years does not help society. And, you know, punishing people, in, in especially minorities, has not worked. Mm. But conversely, the, the counter is like, let's just re decriminalize drugs and have more resources for help clearly that doesn't work either yeah so what do you do i don't know i don't know what you do i think you just keep them illegal keep it illegal except for weed people smoke weed people smoke weed yeah that's yeah they say that's they're gonna weed throw that out the window that's that's here to stay yeah weed's here to stay here's what i think weed should be here to stay the hard stuff they should make really illegal hmm I don't know if punishing people... Well, we're not here to solve problems. We <laughs> just report the news. We, we just don't report the news. Here I am trying to solve the drug problem. What am I talking about? <laughs> I've got no idea. We only have an hour on the pod, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but it is wild. It didn't work. It didn't yeah, work. 58% supported it. Now... A majority say, no, no, it's, we were wrong. Forgive us. I do think that, I'll tell you this much. I mm. do think that making things illegal actually does decrease the amount of, because people always say like, oh, well, you can make guns illegal, but if somebody wants to shoot somebody, that's not going to stop them. Yeah. It's like, well, it kind of might. <laughs> it really yeah, kind of it might. It makes it harder. Most, yeah. it, what, what people fail to realize is most people are lazy. Right. So, yes. so making Easily things s- illegal. Right. Deters a lot of people. Right. Because most people are lazy bums. It's losers. not going to deter the 0.1% of people who are hell bent on something. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you're taking out like 30, a good 30% probably chunk of people who go, <laughs> yeah. You know, if they legalized murder, murder would go up. Oh, <laughs> tenfold. 
I got some people in mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) The fundamental problem, according to law enforcement officers and researchers, is that the threat of jail time hasn't been replaced with a new incentive for people struggling with addiction to seek treatment. Hmm. This is now this is wild. Some 6,000 tickets have been issued for drug possession since decriminalization went into effect in 2021, but just 92 people have called and completed assessments needed to connect them to services according to a nonprofit that helps operate the helpline. So 6,000 tickets were were yeah. written. Only 92 people <laughs> took took them up on that offer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's here's a, you need you need a, an incentive Maybe, and if they want to do a positive incentive, the problem with that is that if you're a drug addict, the number one thing you want is drugs. Yeah. So there's nothing you can be like, we'll give you a hot meal if you go to rehab. You're like, I'll just do drugs. <laughs> so what they yeah. should do is say, if you go and you complete the whole rehab program, we'll give you a lifetime supply of drugs. <laughs> but then by the time you complete, you go, see, you don't even need them. You don't even need them, see? And they were never here. It was a lie. <laughs> it was all a lie. It was we a lie. lie to you. But we have a hot uh, meal. We hope that doesn't make you relapse. <laughs> Being lied to. Being lied to. The only know. penalty for those who don't call the, the helpline is a $100 fine, which is rarely enforced. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. Well. This, this is a... Oregon was the first state to decriminalize possession of marijuana in 1973. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. Taking the same pioneering approach to hard drugs in 2020 proved easy as a measure 110 faced little organized opposition. Michelle Lowe, a 56-year-old bookstore clerk in Eugene, voted for it enthusiastically. Lowe's getting high. A Grateful Dead fan who has experimented with mind-altering substances, Lowe long supported liberalizing Oregon's drug laws to be more like those of the Netherlands. But as she watched public drug use flourish in this city of 175,000, she feared she voted the wrong way. Quote, there's constant problems all over town. It doesn't matter where you live with people strung out on drugs, said Lowe, who described herself as a communist. (laughs) (laughs) I pride myself on being a bit cynical, but obviously I was very naive. (laughs) Jeez. Said the communist. (laughs) (laughs) Said the communist Grateful Dead fan. Wow. Overdose calls to Eugene police rose to 823 last year from 438 in 2020. So far this year, there have been 858 overdoses. Wow. So. Yeah, that's far out, man. That's not really like a groovy thing, man. So they're (laughs) trying to, they want to recriminalize drugs, but... Some people, this is your Oregon State Senator Floyd Prozanski, a Democrat from the Eugene area who leads a subcommittee focused on Measure 110, said he wants to see fixes to the law in next year's legislative session. One idea on the table is taking people off the streets for 72, 72 hours after they overdose. <laughs> so they, you overdose and they're like, how about you take it? Take a few days break. <laughs> a few days break for your next... <laughs> walk, walk that off. For your next big bout. <laughs> That's our solution. Well, I don't know if you've ever been to Portland, Oregon. I've been a no, few times. Not my favorite town. Hmm. It's, uh, it's just... it's. I don't know. It's just a bunch of... Uh, it's just a mess out there. It's people on the streets. Yep. 
And they're more abrasive than like the homeless elsewhere because they're all white homeless people out there. Yeah, you hate to see that. And they're just like, hey, man, what's the deal, man? Yeah. <laughs> Can I get 100 bucks, man? <laughs> it's like, fuck you, dude. You don't even strike me as like a normal homeless guy. Right. This is like a bizarre it's a choice. It seems like a choice. I feel right? like for a portion of them it is. Yeah. But yeah. There's definitely got some problems up there in Oregon, but. Uh, yeah, we'll have to have to clean up the clean up. They should get Giuliani in there. Clean up the city. <laughs> uh, America's mayor. Uh, America's mayor. Giuliani. No, no, we're we're cynics here. We don't. <laughs> we're a bit more cynical than the bookstore communists. <laughs> the bookstore communists. Trent and I have very little political convictions, so don't don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who has all the convictions in their heart, Trent, are hmm. folks that believe. In pet psychics, yeah, oh, sure, yes. These are now. They talk about a lost people. <laughs> talk about a lost people. <laughs> the definition of naive. <laughs> the definition of naive. <laughs> now this is from the Wall Street Journal. Headline: The pet psychic will see you now. That'll be five hundred and fifty dollars for ninety minutes. Cow. Animal communicators are making their way from the fringe to socially acceptable. I'll tell you more. Tech worker and part-time dog trainer, Maddie Guy, 33, couldn't figure out what was going on with her English Springer Spaniel, Rudder. He was being snippy with other dogs and facing medical issue, facing a medical issue so mysterious that every test had been run and a doggy MRI ordered. Comfort came in the form of a birthday present from friends, a phone session with an animal communicator. <laughs> A phone session. A guy who lives in Chicago. Put that dog on the phone. <laughs> and I'm going to have to ask you to put Rudder on the phone now. <laughs> Can you put Rudder on the phone right now? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm putting him on. Rudder, honey. <laughs> Come on. There's someone who wants to talk to you, honey. Rudder. <laughs> guy who lives Hello? in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're making a lot of progress. <laughs> guy who lives in Chicago says the communicator, while looking at a picture of Rudder, began talking with the dog. She began talking with the dog. Just by looking at a picture of him. And on the phone. Mm -hmm. She informed Guy that Rudder was being cautious with other dogs because he wasn't sure if he could trust his front legs in the event the dog wasn't friendly. Several months later, Rudder's front legs started wobbling and his eyes looked goofy. Guy, Guy remembered the conversation. She called the vet, shared what she had um, shared what had been said, and requested a neuro consult. The vet wasn't phased, <laughs> saying other clients had referenced animal communicators before. Rudder is now on seizure medication. Hmm. Quote: I've told a lot of people about my experience. Says Guy. <laughs> the most common response I get is, <laughs> "Quote, oh wow." That's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I would say, too. Okay, wow, that's interesting. Please, please, uh, <laughs> give me my coffee. <laughs> yeah, just working at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I think I had the iced chai. <laughs> Good luck with your dog. Thanks. And then I put it on the phone, and then three months later, that's, that's exactly what was happening. That's exactly what was happening. <laughs> well, Trent, pet psychics are making their way from the fringe to socially acceptable. <laughs> Those who tell others about their experience with animal communicators say they're more likely to be asked for referrals than mocked. 
Mm. That's right. It is perhaps a natural progression in a world where the guinea pig spa service exists. About half what? of U.S. pet owners... I don't know. That's another story. The guinea pig spa? I thought it was up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I've got a coupon. <laughs> about, half, about half of U.S. pet owners think that their pets... Think of their pets. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. All right. Think of their pets as part. Sorry, I'm just going to start that sentence. That's all right. About half of U.S. pet owners think of their pets as much a part of the family as a human member. Sure, that's normal. Acor- <laughs> that's a that's a sort of a new normal. Back in the 1920s. <laughs> sure, that's back true. in the 1920s. They get that dog outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Your dog started yapping. Shut that thing up. <laughs> Shut that fucker up. Wasn't allowed in the house. Barely had a name. Yeah, it used to herd the sheep. It was at work. It was a slave, basically. It was a slave. And once in your dad's life, he'd go, you know what? He's a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) And that would be the most intimate connection you'd have with the dog. (laughs) But now, of course, we're spending a fortune on them. Yeah. We're fucking braiding their hair and they got their own bedroom. They go, is everything all right? (laughs) I have someone on the phone for you. Someone wants to talk to you, sweetie. (laughs) It's your psychic. Even amid inflation, spending on pets continued to increase. In a 2022 YouGov survey found that 67% of Americans said they have had a paranormal experience. Well, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but people everyone's losing their fucking minds. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild world out there. Now, this is my favorite example mm. of this. Nikki, Nikki Vis- uh, Viscones former loyal lawyer excuse me nikki viscones a former lawyer started mm-hmm. working as an animal communicator four years ago early in her career a video she made about a session with a dog named albie went viral well albie <laughs> he's on baby he's on a roll <laughs> trent's cooking the dog the dog told her he didn't like his nickname <laughs> Oh, my God. She says he didn't specify what it was, only that it made people think he was large and overweight. What? (laughs) Quote, those were his exact words, she says. (laughs) Quote, I later found out his nickname was Big Al. Big Al. (laughs) Wow. So she talked to this massive, fat-ass dog. He goes, what's his name? Albie. I didn't like his nickname. Makes him feel fat. They call me Big Al. Vasconez, who is 34 and lives outside Philadelphia, says during phone sessions with client, she is connected with hundreds of house pets, including dogs, cats, and turtles, in addition to horses, cows, and pigs. Quote, the camel and bearded dragon were one-offs. Sessions are $550 for 90 minutes. She says that she has a wait list of more than 7,000. Jesus people. Joe Nickel, who says he has spent 50 years researching and investigating paranormal phenomenon, says animal communicators and the people who use them tend to have a personality type that's prone to fantasy. Oh, well. <laughs> you think you know somebody. <laughs> Pets, pet psychics work much the way human psychics work, he says, meaning only complete fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. Wow, that's yep. interesting. Jeez, those were her exact words. <laughs> those were her exact words. I don't like my nickname. My makes big me fat piggy nickname. Makes me feel like a fat pig <laughs> when I'm really just a fat dog. <laughs> 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 
Well, speaking of fat people and what they enjoy, our Oreos. This is from the Wall Street. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Our Oreos stinting on the cream. Hint. I think so. I agree. I tend to agree. Son of a bitch. Snack maker says no, but consumers are on high alert. <laughs> wow. So one of us, on high alert. somebody is lying. Somebody's lying, and it's, and it's not my fat ass. <laughs> Oreos have been an evening ritual for Sheen Rancinette for years. So he was confounded <laughs> okay. a few months ago when he opened a package and, as had long been his custom, jabbed a fork into a cookie's cream-filled filling to dunk it into a glass of milk. The cookie broke. Rancinette, a bottled water salesman. And <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real job. <laughs> That's not a real job. <laughs> he's a, he's a, water he's a, dra- he's a traveling water to- <laughs> bottle of water salesman. Goes door to door. A dust collector. <laughs> <laughs> bottle of water. He was a former milkman. It said no. In in New Iberia, Louisiana, a shock sh- consultant. <laughs> He showed his wife, Christine, the offending Oreo. Like others in the box. Also, by the way, his nightly ritual, I think the name of it is obesity. <laughs> his, his, nick, his nickname is Big Al. Uh, he showed his wife, Christine, the offending Oreo. Like others in the box, the twin chocolate wafers were smeared with just a thin coat of cream. Those fucking bad. Far less, he said, than the typical blob he was used to. A typical blob. <laughs> Describing the Oreo and himself. <laughs> this couple thought it was a fluke. Nope. Wrong. Guess again. <laughs> <laughs> this fall, they decided to test double stuff Oreos. Yeah. A variety Shane had never cared for too much. <laughs> this time, he recognized the cookie immediately. Quote, here we go. Well, it was kind of a health nut. So. Yeah, he's, he's a health nut. <laughs> He, he recognized this dub stuff immediately. Here we yeah. go, he said. That's the regular Oreo. Exactly. The double stuff. They, people th- think the double stuff is now the regular Oreo. It, they, they, that's where the levels have gone down to. And yeah. it's all leading up to them probably coming out with the quadruple stuffed, which is just an old which double stuff. Which will be stuffed. old double stuff. Uh, and so on and so forth. Sick. Makes me sick. <laughs> Rancinette is one of throngs of Oreo fans who have been perturbed in recent years by what some feel could be one of the biggest inflation scandals to supermarkets to date. Double stuffed Oreos with just a normal amount of cream and even less in the original size versions. My God. Some gripe that the filling no longer reaches the wafer's edges. Others say the cookies now bear a little resemblance to the cream stuffed images on Oreos packaging. No, now Oreo said no. They're not doing this. But do you think, as we speak, they're like burning files and and, and, and deleting emails? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cutting, it's cutting. Like, uh, it's like succession. Breaking when they, hard drives. Yeah, yeah. When, when the, yeah. When the FDIC raided <laughs> yeah. the whatever. The building. <laughs> <laughs> they're burning. Fuck! Fuck! Are fuck. you skipping on the frosting? <laughs> no. No. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> we have to talk. <laughs> Being in a parking garage. Yeah. Oreos made by snack giant Mondelez 
have long attracted a devout following, making them the world's best-selling cookie more than a century since their creation. I've always been a big fan. I love Oreos, too. And my belief has never shaken until right now. Yeah. Now, suspicion over subtle changes has prompted some devotees to protest what they believe is the latest cookie conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Beverly Cooper, 60, of Lincoln, Nebraska, said she and her husband have, wit- have withstood changes to many of their favorite foods recently, from cereal to ice cream. But finding what appeared to be a downsized dusting of cream in their double-stuffed Oreos last month was the last straw. <laughs> Quote, the husband went on a killing rampage. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> Get my gun. Massacring 18 in Maine. <laughs> it's easy. Uh, it's the last quote. It's a sign of the time, Scooper said. Uh, Mondelez, that's the makers of Oreos. Of the sign of the fucking apocalypse. Yeah, said it has used a variety of strategies in recent years to combat higher costs for ingredients, such as cocoa and sugar, from raising ho- uh, from raising wholesale prices to scaling back discounts to shrinking package sizes, it hasn't fought inflation through big changes to its products. The company said, though it welcomes feedback from fans on how to make them better. "Quote: We would be shooting ourselves in the foot if we would start to play around with the quality," said Mandela CEO Dirk Van de Put. Filthy liar! Yeah, you would be shooting yourself in the foot. <laughs> I think he's lying. I think he's lying, too. I, I mean, it's so crazy because I was just... I, I mentioned to you earlier, I was just home. I was with my family, yeah. with my brothers. We were all in California. We are having a little vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, you're on vacation. You, you raid mom's pantry, rip open a whole fucking bag of double stuff, so the whole box. I pull one out, and I go, what the fuck is this? It says yeah. double stuff on the outside. This is a regular Oreo. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. I had never seen anything like it. Oh, it's sickening. <laughs> It's, it's it's utterly vile. That that's the thing. Everything is like that. All everything. When we were kids, everything was better. Everything grass was greener. Yeah, and it sounds like you're being nostalgic, but it's really right. not. It's the truth. They they would say that in the past, and it was nostalgia. Yeah. And now it's actually real. Yeah. Right. Because all the packages, everything is smaller than it used to be. You know, there's another huge culprit that's very similar to this, and there was a story about this a couple mm. of years back. Mm. Pop tarts. Pop tarts. Skimping on the frosting. Wow. Last time you had a pop tart, you notice the, the crust years. is like the crust is like half the pop tart now. Yeah, there's like a thin strip of frosting in the middle. Like, what the fuck is this? Really? I used to. Did you ever do this? It's a fucking frisbee. I might as well chuck it in the fucking park. <laughs> fucking homeless guy in a bird fight. I used to fucking like. Uh, I would break the edges off and toss those out and just get the. I would break thing that's covered the edges with off and flush them down the fucking toilet. <laughs> <laughs> now the whole thing's edge. <laughs> Oreos, Just about snort the frosting off it. Oreos have undergone changes in the 111 years since their origin. The Bisco, now owned by Mandela's, removed lard and added vegetable oil in the 1990s, making the cookies kosher. <laughs> was their first mistake. That was the first mistake, yes. <laughs> and in the 2000s, the Bisco's then-owner Kraft Foods removed trans fats from Oreos, which involved reformulating the cream. Another mistake. <laughs> All, everything Critical trans mistake. fats, people didn't realize... They're, they make everything taste better. <laughs> they make everything taste better. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather things taste better than be healthy. If you, you can't make Oreos healthy. That's not the point. Well, beyond that, I'm an ally. I'm pro-trans all the way. We're pro-trans. pro-trans. This is a pro-trans podcast, pro-tra- despite what we, you may have heard. <laughs> despite <laughs> what you may have heard, this is a pro-trans. That's despite the last trans 11 episodes. Uh, 
but uh, but everything like Subway, they took out the the stuff that was in the yoga mats. Now the bread sucks. Put it back in. Yeah, get Jared back. Yeah, get Jared. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lynn. That's something we can all agree on. No, no. <laughs> Jared back. Hey, here's my thing. And I don't think this is unreasonable. Mm. I don't think anything should ever change. <laughs> Yeah, I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't like it when anything changes, and mm, I think everything should stay the same It stinks, forever. it stinks, it stinks. Yeah. Well, Nicholas Faraday, Executive Director of Food and Consumer Trends for Agricultural, agricultural Lender Rabobank, said whether, whether warranted or not, consumers can get particularly feisty when they suspect tinkering with an iconic brand. Quote, it's crossing the Rubicon, he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow so much like julius caesar before them <laughs> once you cross the rubicon there is no point of return david delina a 44 year old physicist in ellsworth maine who works on helium recycling did he whatever that for means, his water bottles he sells was shocked by a little cream he found in the double stuff oreos he bought this fall still he left room for a debate when he uploaded a video to his Facebook page. Squeezing the cookie between his fingertips, he spread the dollop of cream across his cock. In the middle... <laughs> no, in the, he spread the goddamn cream. Using his masterable flexibility, he then sucked it off. <laughs> he, he spread His the, Facebook viewers said, what a wonder. <laughs> he spread... No, he spread the dollop of cream in the middle to the edges to reveal a layer no thicker than the wafers themselves. You see? You see? Quote, <laughs> conjecture. A double stuffed Oreo is a normal Oreo, wrote Delena. Judge for yourself. His mom commented, please get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing this. Stop wasting my Oreos that I paid for. <laughs> so You're skipping on my cream. It's all gone to hell. You can't, if you can't trust Oreos, who can you trust, Joe? Well, luckily we still have the Biden administration. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least for one more year. Well, at least for one more year? <laughs> After that, I don't know if it looks too promising. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't, but God, God forbid should anyone <laughs> else win. It's, uh, it's, uh, well, before we dive into that... Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to dive into that. No, we won't. But we are going to hear from our friends at Pepper and Salt. Oh, boy. From the Wall Street Journal. Wow. A laugh, right? Now, this, uh, now, if we have the technology, we will superimpose this, but the the technology is unfortunately just just not there yet. yet. So there's really no way. It would cost almost as much as it does to make a Marvel movie. Yeah. It costs $200 million to superimpose this on the screen. But this is from Pepper and Salt, which is a cartoon strip, and the Wall Street Journal, and a little pretext again, if you're not familiar, uh, no author, no illustrator People signature, sign their name. No this. one knows who makes this. It's just in the Wall Street Journal. We don't know who writes them. Anonymous. Uh, but everyone is inc- incredibly perplexing. So this is an illustration of a wolf on a laying down on like a therapy, like a therapist's whatever consultant. Sure, a natural. Situation uh, uh, for a, ca- as, a cartoon. Uh, as iconic as, as a desert island. Yes. And there's a therapist. and But the wolf is talking. The wolf's laying down. He's talking to his therapist. And he's saying, quote, I've been thinking a lot about sheep's clothing again. Hmm. <laughs> the end. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So. Uh, can I look at this? Yeah. So, I mean, my, I'm thinking, okay, wool, right? 
Oh, well. But of course there is. Yeah, wool, yes. Right. And I get a wolf wants to eat a sheep. Well, there's, there's the common saying, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Oh, was it? really? <laughs> you never heard that. A wolf in sheep's... Oh, like he's like, pretending to be one of the sheep so he can eat them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah I've heard that. Yeah, like you're, you're going... So yeah. th- this... It seems that Wolf is, he fears he's a, he's got imposter syndrome, I believe is what the joke is. Well, this might be their best work yet. <laughs> I, think, no, I think you just didn't get that one. That's not, that's, I didn't that get one's, this one. That one's pretty good, actually. This one's actually really good. <laughs> I'm, Why don't we frame that? We right should here. frame this. Oh, you know what? We should frame some of the better ones. That would be fun. And some of the worst ones, and we'll put them up on the wall. Yeah, we should we'll do, do that. that. That's great. globe. But uh, yeah, check out Pepper and Salt. Check out the Wall Street. That job. one's pretty good, actually. We'll give them that. We'll give them that. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I, I can't put two and two together. I, I'm just sitting I'm just sitting over my Oreos every night, wondering where all the cream went. Wondering where all the cream I'm went. I'm just a yeah. big fat idiot. Big Joe. <laughs> big Joe, you they don't like me. that name. Ah, makes, me, makes me angry. <laughs> my psychic told me that. You didn't like that. Makes me crazy. Oh, my God. Well, that has well, been our show. That's Echo Chamber, the latest episode of Echo Chamber with Joe and Trent. I, of course, am Trent. <laughs> Therefore, would be Joe. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can find us every week on wherever the fuck you found yeah. this. YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. Check out yeah. Trent. Check out me. Exactly. Thanks Subscribe, for rate, review, all that. Please leave us a good review. If you enjoyed this episode, then write a review. Exactly. Share with your friends. Share tell, it. Share it. Tell the boys. Tell or the girls. Or the girls. That's it. That's the show. As <laughs> always, this is Trent. <laughs> and this is Joe. And Signing tuning off. out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We need a better sign off. <laughs>